Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Wait a second. This is the Athletic NBA Show, but it's the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Trying out something new, so bear with us. I am your host, Dave DeFore, joined as I am quite often by my good buddy, Keith Parrish. And we have decided right now would be a perfect time to take a look at potential playoff races in the Eastern and Western Conferences. This is part one. We're going to talk about the East. Keith, we uh, pretty much had a consensus here when we made our lists. It was scary. I didn't know if we should have gone over beforehand so we could have some of that natural fight as we figure out the seedings. But we were very, very similar. And I think a lot of these are general NBA opinions. They're not wild. Like most people think the Bucks and the Nets are the top of the East. That's not a shocking opinion. If you don't think that, honestly, that would be shocking. But then when we got down to this play in area, it got a little fun. But I think we still saw eye to eye a lot. Yeah, that's where you start to split the hairs a little bit, and you said it right off the top. I mean, I think the Brooklyn Nets have to be number one in your Eastern Conference power rankings, playoff race, whatever you want to call this. Uh, with Milwaukee, too, although I will push on this just a little bit, Milwaukee maybe get a little bit of that second season playoff, you know, that championship bump like we saw with the Warriors. Maybe they go for it and they try to win 74. What do you think? I have no issue with anyone saying the defending reigning champions are the best team in the Eastern Conference. I, I, I like what they did this offseason. I think bringing George Hill back is going to be good for him. If Dante DiVincenzo returns, like that's help, that's helpful. I think, you know, replacing Bryn Forbes with Grayson Allen, that's a wash. Like, I think this team absolutely, you know, they could even gel more together. You got Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton riding high on that gold medal. Maybe they're better than they were last year. So, again, we're not going to get too worried if you're saying listen if it's a power ranking the buck should be one hey i'm not even gonna argue with you one two but i do think clearly that is like the tier it's it's nets it's bucks in the eastern conference and we both agree that philly as currently constructed is three now that could change i mean ben simmons is maybe not showing up to training camp so we don't know what's going to happen there but as constructed i i think philly very firmly is in that third spot, kind of alone. Uh, the, the next tier of teams, Atlanta and Miami to me, that's fascinating because Atlanta has enough depth, I think, that it's going to push them through the regular season. I do think that they've got a really good shot at that four seed because of all that depth and scoring punch that they have. Uh, but Miami picking up Kyle Lowry is kind of a big deal because now they've got a guy who can stir the drink a little bit when Jimmy Butler's out there. You, you agree with me here that that's your four or five? Well, I mean, yeah, running through all those, even with Philadelphia, even if they trade Ben Simmons and now they're saying like that, you know, he's not going to show up. If they get anything of remote value, I still think Joel Embiid is enough. Honestly, if it's if it's CJ McCollum or if it's even like D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, I believe a lot in in Joel Embiid. And then I also have some doubts about everybody else. But I do feel like it is a tear down. You mentioned the Hawks. We did not compare notes on this as far as the description. The depth on this team is unreal. Like, there's no other word for it. Like, this could be the deepest team in the NBA. You have, like, is Lou Williams the 12th man? I mean, Solomon Hill's not going to be in the rotation. Jalen Johnson killed it at Summer League. He's, I don't think he's going to be in the rotation. If everyone's healthy, like, if DeAndre Hunter's healthy, Cam Reddish is healthy, you know, Danilo, Bogdan Bogdanovich, like, this team is unbelievably deep. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, though, if, if they can hold up to, like, no one expected Eastern Conference Finals last year. You know, and even if they fall short, it wouldn't be surprising or a disappointment. This team is still growing. They're still pretty young. Um, I think I do, though, if I'm doing a power rankings, I'm going to keep them at five and, and nudge the heat right at four. 
it's just maybe some respect for, for my elders, for my veterans, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, that maybe I trust those guys a little bit more playoff proven, a little bit more than, you know, Trey Young is. Bam Adebayo, maybe he'll have a great season. I, I, I like the Heat. So, yeah, I'm comfortable if you are. We're going to say Heat 4 and then Hawks 5. Is that right? Yeah, that works for me. I, I think it's okay. close enough that, you know, I, I'll allow you to be the tie-breaking vote there. Um, we both agree Boston 6. You know, they, they were okay last year until the wheels fell off. And, yeah, they lost Kemba Walker. But how much did they actually get out of Kemba Walker as it was last season? Uh, they get back Al Horford. So now they're going to have a and at least a capable defender in the middle, a guy who's going to be in the right spot at the right time, be able to quarterback the defense. And they still have two all-star talents, and one of whom is Jason Tatum, who, you know, maybe looking at – if Boston has a great season because of him, I mean, this guy's we're going to be talking about him for MVP because of what they've lost. So I think Boston firmly in that sixth spot. So I'm not as firm as you, but I do also have Boston at six. I will acknowledge that, yes, Knicks fans, you can be angry. I think you have an argument to say that you could be six or even five with Atlanta because the Knicks obviously had a great year last year, exceeded expectations, and now they're adding the Celtics backcourt from last season. They're adding Evan Fournier. They're adding Kimball Walker on a great deal. And so you'd think that team maybe could take another step forward. But I'm with you where I look at the Celtics team. I think last season, everything went wrong for them. And I still believe in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, one-two punch. I think the depth of Horford, uh, Dennis Schroeder to help with some scoring. They're going to be amazing at defense. I think they're going to be amazing at, at defense on paper. Even Josh Richardson, who's been underwhelming the last two seasons, you have him as like your seventh man just to add some depth to this team that already has elite frontline talent. Uh, I, so that makes me comfortable, you know, putting him in at six and, uh, and offending Knicks fans in the process. Now, the play-in has been derided a bit, uh, but I actually think this is an overwhelming success, and, and most of which because it gives us something else pretty interesting to talk about. The, the 7 through 10 in the East is going to be nuts. I don't know how many wins it's going to take to be the 7th seed. I mean, just think about this. I mean, every single team in the East, it feels like, got better. Except for, you know, some of the bottom teams, which didn't get better, but they're going to be better in a few years with their lottery picks. So the East, all of a sudden, not necessarily the cakewalk that it was. And, I mean, I, I think the Knicks and the Bulls are your 7 and 8 seed. And it's going to be really, really tough for them to get enough wins to get there. I think that's an amazing question. Like, how many wins does it take? Uh, maybe previewing for the part two on the Western Conference, it's going to take a lot more wins in the East to get in the play and then it's going to in the West, I'm pretty sure. The seventh seed in the East this year, this is going to be a, a change of the way things have been in the NBA recently. Uh, they're going to have, I think, a lot more wins than whoever ends up uh, at seven or eight in the West. You know, I'm with you. I think the Knicks are there. And like we said, they got better. Like, they, they what they did on paper... You know, you lose Reggie Bullock, which hurts, but like I think Kimba and Evan Fournier more than replace for that and add some offense to a team that really struggled to score, especially when it came to the postseason. And then the Bulls, I mean, the Bulls had the most maybe exciting offseason just with all the stuff they did. Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, like they're going to be exciting, but they're going to be so, I think, defensively challenged. Their depth maybe isn't totally there. They have a couple of nice pieces off the bench. If Kobe White is like a six-man role, Alex Crusoe is okay. But I have concerns they're going to be able to win enough games. But I'm still like, all right, eight, you know, seven, eight. That would be, uh, that, that works for me. So, yeah, I actually do. I think I have the Knicks comfortably over the Bulls. But, uh, yeah, Knicks seven, Bulls eight works for me totally. 
And the nine seed is just a team that everyone seems to overlook. But the Indiana Pacers, you know, they get Rick Carlisle in there. He's going to be a steadying force as a coach. Uh, obviously knows how to coach an NBA team. They've got good players. They just don't have an elite drink-stirring offensive guy to, to initiate their offense. But, you know, I, I think that they're they're probably going to make the playoffs and they're going to be in the mix potentially for the seven seed. You know, if everything goes well for them, uh, Sabonis puts up another all-star season. Let's say Miles Turner is approaching that level. I could definitely see them even sniffing that six seed because Carlisle is such a good coach. But, again, nobody who really scares you offensively. I'm with you there. I mean, even with all the difficulty they had last season with Nate Bjorkren, they were never healthy. Like, they never played like Karis LeVert and TJ Warren along with Miles Turner and Brogdon and Sabonis. Like, I, I think they literally never played a minute, if, if, I, if I remember what Caitlin Cooper told me once. Like, that, that team just struggled with injury, and they're so deep, and you figure they add such a great coach in Carlisle who normally can make pieces fit, who can normally get, you know, to get more than the sum of his parts from his team, that this – Guy, they have enough like depth and talent on the squad where we have them. Both you and I are saying I think they might be better than like other teams like the Wizards or the Hornets or the Raptors. But I will say, this is a good year for the play-in in the East if you're one of those nine through fifteen squads because I think there is a clear top eight. Like for me, those squads we said: Bucks, Nets, Sixers, Heat, Hawks, Celtics, Knicks, Bulls. That's my eight. Like, I, I, I don't, I'm not sweating a lot leaving out any of the other teams. But now as we talk nine and ten, I have no idea. Like, th all these teams, you could, there's like five teams you could argue for me, make the nine and ten spot. But in this brief format, we're settling on the Pacers. I feel uh, like 60% okay with it. Yeah, and for the tenth spot, we decided to choose the Charlotte Hornets just because uh, LaMelo Ball rules. That's really it. I mean, listen, I think LaMelo Ball, is it out of que the question that he might take a huge leap between year one and two? I don't think so. Uh, this guy's going to get a full training camp, and that team was so much fun, so electric. I don't know, man. I think the Hornets are going to make the play-in. It's just how I feel. Sorry, Toronto. Sorry, Wizards. Everyone knows I watch too many Washington Wizards games. But, Keith, you're with me, right? I am with you. I am drinking Charlotte's Hornets Kool-Aid. Like, this team, I think, is going to be so much fun. And maybe they'll just be like a league pass darling and they won't actually get the results. But even last season, they were comfortably better than the Wizards until Gordon Hayward got hurt. Now they add just more depth. And I think, like, you know, if Booknight does anything, and then, like, you're, you're adding like Kelly Oubre, it's just a depth piece. Like just, they're going to get up and down the court and run. And I am buying into what they're doing. And it's that growth. Like you said, LaMelo ball year two, just being in charge of that team. Well, there you have it. Set it in stone. September 1st, we chose the playoff teams, the Eastern conference right here on the daily ding on the athletic NBA show for Keith Parrish. I'm Dave Dufour. See you guys tomorrow. Keith, you know how we close the show here, right? Ding, ding.